Just do a little mic check, mic check. Check one, check two, check. Awesome, there you go. Yeah, you know how the you know how the whole recording oh, thing goes. That's kind of the name of the game for you, isn't it? I mean, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, yeah. So, the Avery Studio. Yes. Is that your house, or is that just something you built, or did you buy it like that, or? Well, um, what sort of happened was, you know, like. I was touring and I was doing all kinds of stuff and it was, it was crazy. You know, it was, um, band broke up and, uh, took a break from music. It's a lot of distance running. Yeah. So, yeah. It was sort of like something needed to get out. You know what I mean? It's, um, very, like, what's the word? Um, you ever have it where you just feel like y- you've fallen? You feel stuck. Yeah. And you feel a little bit stuck or fallen and and you just need to it's sort of that forrest gump mentality of just started running just gotta go yep started running and um you know kind of ended up in a place where there's a small cabin you know kind of out in the woods a-frame um area and you know was starting to get back into it starting to get back into music a little bit think about playing some gigs and you know Play play gig or two. Say okay, I'm feeling all right about this, etc. And then you know, finally, what ended up happening was, obviously, that was January 2020. Starting to get back into it. Yeah, right before. <laughs> yeah, the big boom. I guess that's what you want to call it. We call it the Great Toilet Paper Crisis yeah. of 2020. <laughs> oh, it, was, it was insane. Um, yeah, and you know, obviously, that changed a lot of people's course of direction. Oh, yeah. uh, and sort of course of action and you know and, and as I, I sort of stated this a lot it my original intention wasn't to do recording you know I've had experience with recording and it sort of just on and off would do it in between tours okay. for roommates and yep. you know I'd read some books and, and done a lot of trial and error stuff and um, ultimately I was trying to record a project and I was trying to just do stuff within the space. And, you know, I, I kind of told one person about, you know, you know, I'm doing some recordings and then sort of became like, Oh, you're recording people, other people in a space in studio. And, and you just sort of snowballed. Just, yeah. And so, you know, again, my intention definitely was not to sort of be where we were at now. So yeah, like right now that's not, that wasn't the plan. That wasn't the goal. It just kind of fell in your lap with it. Yeah. I don't know if fell on the lap was, we, we had a lot of, I was approached by a lot of really amazing people yep. um, who sort of had a need. Um, and especially with the COVID, everybody's, you know, everyone's shaking up a little bit. And, you know, there were there were people involved that just people kind of kept showing up saying, hey, can we do this? I say, sure. Hey, man, I want to learn how to, like, engineer. I want to learn how to, uh, you know, learn how, how this works. And I said, well, I don't you know, sure, you know, and hey, I need, I'm thinking of doing a EP, you know, I said, well, we got us, we're starting to get a space together, um, you know, people are sort of actively trying to do stuff, so come on out, we'll see what we can help you figure out, we'll see what we can help you f- do, etc., and from there, it was just more and more people sort of had this interest, and I just sort of felt like, it's, it's really tough when you meet somebody like you, yep, and they're they're sort of looking for things that you were once looking for, you know what I mean? And it's it's so tough not to say, well, of course, you know, I, I'll help you out. I'll I'll do 
sort of whatever is necessary to facilitate what is a positive environment for growth and a positive environment for sort of a lot of people that were there. And, and, and so that's, you know, we had sort of explained this as well, um, kind of really recently. So it's very similar kind of response for say, well, you, you know, when did you want, or when did you decide to do this? I was like, I was never, <laughs> never a decision, um, sort of that I make it, it really wasn't, you know, my purpose or my intention to, to do that. But as I had kind of mentioned previously, it was, is very much, uh, about five years prior to that, um, we had done some recording and I had, was in a couple different bands and was touring a lot. And okay. there, there was a, a lot of, I sort of said, say that there was a high point for me. I don't know if you call it a high point as like a, a valuable thing or not, because sometimes when you're, you know, up high and, and things are good and life is rolling the way you want, et cetera, um, is sort of those times that you forget where you're from and you forget a lot about like the hardship that that brought you to where you were and you just are sort of like yeah this is it this is good and you know all this stuff was happening and um you know we were recorded at a really fantastic studio in Eau Claire and uh it was you know a very very valuable experience for me and we met yeah. some kind of heavy hitting musicians and you know really learned a lot from their example and um you know, then I was touring and I was really my first time playing like bigger audiences and, you know, a lot of growth, but there was always this sort of grating feeling, this sort of weight that wasn't exactly sure of what, you know, like... You didn't know if that was what you wanted to do? Mm, not so much that, but it was like you couldn't pinpoint. You're like, why doesn't this feel quite right? Okay, yep, you I know, know what you mean. There's something about it that I'm not quite sure. You know, why doesn't this, you know, I should be really pumped and I should be really awesome and, and doing really well. And, you know, I, I'm the kind of person that has these tendencies of, of duality where it's like, you know, one thing is, is this, the other thing is sort of the opposite. And I have these this great ability to make these very, very split second, very, very like momentary decisions, you know, and sometimes the results is great. Sometimes the results are not so great, but then there's this other part of me that's a very like slow moving, thoughtful kind of trying to figure out what is important and where's the value in the experiences that I'm actually having. And, okay. you know, from, from that perspective, it was like, this feels good, but what, what's missing here? There's like a piece missing from, from, you know, what it, what it was. And, you know, the two main things that I sort of had after maybe a year and a half or so of, of just very careful thought and, and sort of dedicating, kind of looking sort of different directions to see kind of what, uh, what's out there. And it's like, well, you know, what are these people doing? Or, you know, what's this about? Or, or this, that, and, you know, a lot of different things, subjects, you know, religion, philosophy, um, just, just trying to get a different perspective, you know, see some things with new eyes. Have you ever heard that, that term? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, seeing some things with some new eyes and some, some different viewpoints and, you know, what I had sort of pulled out of it were these two main themes, you know, and one of them was, you know, we as people, so sometimes you say you doesn't necessarily like you. Yep. And I think that's some of what was going on where it was, hey, man, like, if, if you're too short, you're not big enough. 
or <laughs> you know, or, or you're too big, or you're too tall, or you you don't like how your eyebrows look, or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, is you got to be acceptant of that, and you have to come to terms with that reality simply because you're not gonna have peace within yourself if you don't. And you know that was very much um, a centralized theme five, six years ago. And that, that sort of started this weird process. And, you know, the other thing about it is you, we live in this world of podcasts and social media and notifications. And I don't necessarily call them distracting, but there's always something pulling us away from what that moment is. And that, that sort of grateful feeling of how wonderful it is to have the experiences that we have. And, and just to be very grateful for, you know, a lot of the, the the opportunities and the things that have come our way that we just sort of overlook sometimes. And um, me kind of being in that exciting period of time, sort of reflecting on that and, and really trying to come to terms with, you know, where you're at now is important. And being in that moment and, and sharing that positive sort of radiance that, that comes from that um, was important. And I, I sort of watered it down as, Hey man, like just do what's in front of you, Yeah, you know, do what is just in your present mentality and sort of go with that. And, you know, from that experience, it was very much, um, this very slow process. And, and like I said, things, you know, were not easy after making that realization because all of a sudden there was this self-honesty and there was this very very strong thirst for answers that I didn't understand and it was like my perception and my headspace were sort of rocked you know it was like I was seeing everything very differently than I had seen things and from a whole new perspective yes whole new per- whole new perspective and it was very challenging because it's it's like when you're out of your comfort zone and the things that you knew worked for you previously all of a sudden you can't necessarily trust or rely on because it's like well now you know i'm sort of approaching things with a different mentality different set of reasons and and a different set of of principles that you know are are more difficult in a way it's sort of like 2.0 you know it's yeah um i don't know this may date date me a little bit (laughs) but so when you beat the zelda game zelda one yeah right you get to ganon's lair and you, you you know blah 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 then there's like this next harder version and I always kind of think about some of the transitional points within my life as that. So it's like you kind of win one game, but then all of a sudden some turns and so well, yeah, now you can play the super hard it's version. It's right on to the next thing, yeah. Yeah, and so it's now, now you play the difficult version. And, you, you know, there was a lot of years, like I said, where I had ended up after sort of realizing that as my band had broken up, I was like totally burnt out. You know, I was playing like 180 shows, trying to produce a record for myself and um, you know, doing open microphones, trying to get solo stuff together and teaching like 15, 20 kids and, you know, just barely getting by, you know, music obviously is, is a tough, uh, field and, um, sort of all of that stuff sort of just went away and it was like, you need to get something out. You need to focus on you and, you know, had dealt with some ear problems that led to a lot of personal anxiety and this and that. And, you know, it's kind of amazing when you make cool revelations that may affect you later, you don't necessarily see that outcome. And we're sort of writing a song right now about that, where it's like, 
um, when we have a project in the studio where somebody's writing a song that's really about some of the things that you do in the in the past have this dramatic effect on the future and it yep. sometimes is the opposite you know some people would say well me you know making these mistakes when i made them was sort of this meant to be thing and me doing some of the wrong things and learning you know through that process made me a, a better person and a stronger person and um that was definitely the situation so i had sort of grasped onto this and was blown into this new perspective and i was very like dark person in a dark room, not knowing kind of what's what, what's happening. And gradually after, you know, what I, th I think was a very trying time and sort of arriving at COVID, which was, I think, for, uh, you know, you can't speak for everybody, but at the same time was a very trying time. It was. And, you know, a very eye-opening, you know, I went through that and in, in a way it was kind of like a lot of other people were going through that um, with covid and with the pandemic and how people reacted and the all the emotion that was sort of tied to that and what ended up really being a result of that viewpoint was i just started to say man i've had so many great opportunities in music and i've had this luxury of sort of learning you know through the experiences that i've had and you know, it, it became important all of a sudden to provide that back to individuals. And I started to meet people that just hadn't had that kind of experience where it was like, you know, you, it's like you meet the cat that's in the living room of someone's house and they are just the most phenomenal musician. And, and you're like, what are you doing with it? They're like, no. Yep. You've never been in a band? And you're like, no. Like, well, Dude, <laughs> get you into a band and get you up flying, you know? It's it's very um and at that period of time with COVID and and when this sort of started, which about a year and a half ago, um that we I just came into contact with a lot of people that were in that position. And I couldn't necessarily uh, necessarily say no. It was like, sure, we'll try to facilitate this. You know, I'm yep. sort of viewing you as a part of me and I'm, I'm sort of viewing what you're trying to do as something that has a good outcome. Um, and, you know, that became important and sort of taking that sentiment, you know, we're sort of where we are at now. So this whole journey started five-ish years ago and now you are where you are today. Yes. That's insane, man. That you. So basically what you're doing is you are... Are you trying to like fulfill yourself with your music career through other people? Like, are you you're providing a service for people, and sure. that makes you feel good? I don't know if it makes me feel good. <laughs> it's kind of an <laughs> odd, uh, you know. And I I do appreciate you bringing that to light because I don't. I've I've always said, and I've said this with a lot of people that have surrounded you know i don't know if i i shouldn't say i've always said but there's a lot of surrounding factors of i'm not here to vicariously transmit my hopes dreams etc you know into others but there was this need to, to sort of you know there's this I, I i'm not particularly religious but there's this saying that you say you love your neighbor as yourself yeah and that has really been part of that self-acceptance is you say, well, I see you as me and I see me as you. And, you know, the, the things that I was able to have happen to me, I would love to have someone happen to someone else. And so I don't know, maybe that's fulfillment, but 
you know, it's a lot of work, <laughs> a lot of work. And yeah. I don't know if I've really felt some of the joy that comes with that provisionary measure yet. Maybe further down the road when, you know, we're not on the roller coaster ride of like, oh, we need this or we got to figure out how we're going to make this work or look at our heating bill or, uh, oh, crap, you know, how are we going to solve this issue and sort of putting out some of those fires, um, you know, quite yet. But it's it's definitely, you know, there are definitely times where you say, wow, like, you know, there's been some cool opportunities that, you know, we've been able to make a reality for people and that. Um, that does feel good, but I definitely feel as if though the primary motive uh, was very unintentional. Okay, so you say we a lot. Is it? So it's not a solo operation. It's not just right. you. You got more than one person, two people, three people. How many people are involved? How many people run the Avery Studio? Um, <laughs> that is a good question. Um, so we have sort of loose divisionary stuff happening where you know people a lot of people showed up and wanted to be a part of it and said how can I help you know it's still that sentiment of give, giving you know where it's like I give and it's like oh well, I'll give you know and that that I think is a really important thing to bring light is that the the mindset that I took with it other people said you just like you're being a very selfless individual and we were we were going to take that and we're going to roll with it and that's how our our podcast started. Somebody else approached us. And said, really? Yeah, somebody else approached us. I do want to talk about that, but yeah, as, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, if somebody else approached us and say, "I want to do something as you have done," you know, for me, and that is in- incredibly cool to me um, that people are sort of following that, um, you know, mindset. And um, and so we had people say, "I want to learn how to do engineering." And so we have a guy that does a lot of the engineering. Um, has been just a, a tour de force in terms of things like making sure that we are organized and that our facility is of an acceptable measure. Because I'm personally not always that guy where it's like, I'll wrap a cable and then he'll like really wrap a cable and yeah. wrap it well. Or, yeah. you know, it's like my pegboards aren't hung up and their pegboards are hung up, which is awesome. You know, and, you know, we're just super grateful um, for that type of uh, individual, uh, his name is Will, by the way, but, um, that type of individual that does a lot for us. And, you know, the more that we've had people coming in and out and the more opportunity there is, um, you know, the more that people have stepped into that position. And then, you know, Meg's is, uh, my sister ultimately, um, has done years of various engineering work and recording for various different, uh, operations. And, you know, she had kind of been out of it and, you know, has been doing a different thing and, you know, I started talking about it. She got interested and said, well, can I try a mix of it? He said, can I do some mixing? He said, absolutely. You know, and that was, again, one of the things where, hey, this is something that I know how to do that I haven't done. And it's a tough time. And from that, it was like, okay. And then we started rolling with it. We said, okay, well, now we got this. Now we'll try this. And I said, well, can you do mastering? So well, I don't know, maybe maybe sure let's try that yeah <laughs> and so then all of a sudden then it's like somebody's engineering somebody's mixing somebody's mastering somebody you know and i'm sort of merely just facilitating what is there okay and it, it's more like connecting a lot of dots and kind of getting people together say oh we need a drummer let's find a drummer it's like oh well you know what date can you do this or you know and i might do a little bit of engineer work or i might do a little bit of 
you know, coaching in terms of like, hey, you know, we got to have this song here. So what kind of stuff do you want in it? And what kind of stuff do you feel or do you hear? And how can we make that a reality for you? And, you know, so we're definitely, I think it, at this point, you know, at some point I realized it was going to be very, very difficult for me to just do everything myself. Oh, and, yeah, for sure. And a lot of times when I try to take on everything, and I, you know, this is definitely a similar story of a lot of people is when you try to take out everything it's like the pressure is like whoa uh." it's overwhelming yeah overwhelming yeah and um from from that perspective i was much more willing to sort of share the burden but also share some of the beneficial things that come along with that and just share some of what i had you know to offer and that was a, a very notable change uh within sort of who i was as a person um, simply because um, I, I wouldn't say that I was a particularly selfish individual growing up or anything, but you know I, I was the guy that was saving the candy bar, or I was the guy who was like, oh, you want you want a piece of this? You know, okay, here you go, here's a crumb. You know, like, <laughs> and and I I wouldn't say I was, I don't think it was intentional, and I don't think it was something that was like in any way like over the top, but I started to realize like, man. Caring about people in action is such a is a such a cool thing to do, and you know throughout you know me growing up I I didn't really make that realization and part music a lot of times is a conduit for me to learn about some of the things that maybe I hadn't learned about or sort of bringing to light things that can improve you know the the people with around me and people in you know my sort of sphere of influence etc um and that was one of those where all of a sudden you're like no man like what's if you need a you need a salad do you need a microphone do you need this do you need that how can we like you know make things work and um so we ended up with more people and and then you know now there there's always people that are just so willing and so gracious to to sort of make you know more facilitation happen and and things like that it's amazing, man. It's just it just sounds like a group of individuals that cares so much about other people that they just want other people to succeed. Basically, what I'm getting from what you're saying about what you do is you're basically this this glue that just keeps sticking people on it, and you want those people to do good. Yeah, and you know it, it's sort of that idea or that sentiment of they, you know, because where it comes from from me, a lot of times, and and I think people that I'm affiliated with sort of in this, you know, pseudo professional world that is entertainment and music where, you know, you have people that are at the top of their game doing crazy stuff and you have people that are sort of trying to make it doing really serious stuff. And it's sort of takes all angles. You know, you, you got the kid in the basement, you got, you know, Billie Eilish in the basement making stuff and then going crazy there. But then you have other people that sit in studios and, and grind and grind and grind this stuff out um, not getting anywhere, you know? And so it's a very like not exact science, but what I've found and what I, I sort of had learned by osmosis is the people that were in the industry that were sort of more knowledgeable or maybe had had more success. I don't know if that's the right term, but sort of had more experience or years or, you know, those type of things generally were incredibly supportive and it was like they were always trying to be like hey man you know if you do this that might help you out that's awesome or hey man you know try this because that was what we sort of did 
And that always to me was like, I don't care if I'm a good musician and I don't care if I'm a good whatever or a studio or a producer or any of those things. What I care about is like, if you see somebody that is like on your, your radar as like, you know, a good person and they need your help or you feel like, Hey man, like if you try this, it might help you out. That's a lot of where my inspiration, you know, may have come from. It's because that was just the example that I was given through the traditions that I was brought up in. Potential sees potential, talent sees talent. So that's basically what it is. You guys are, you see someone has talent and you see the talent that you had and what you could do with it. And basically you don't want them to waste their talent is basically what's happening. You don't want to, I'm not saying you wasted your talent. Cause I, I've known you for 20 <laughs> minutes, man. I'm not saying you wasted your talent. <laughs> no. But especially with, sure. with creating any kind of content, creating any kind of music, podcast, social media, you know, you, you go through the ropes a little bit and you realize what works and what doesn't. And you want, you never want to see someone else that has potential and talent to go through what you went through, like the lows. You know what I mean? I mean, kind yeah. Like there's definitely some of that, you know, because I, I took some roads less traveled to get to where maybe I'm at. And I don't know if I would say, you know, I don't view it maybe as recognizing talent but i think you're right where it's like i just am such a do doing person yeah you know where it's like hey man you want to do something we'll talk about it, then we'll do it and like what's amazing is like how we were put into contact and and how that this came to be yeah it's absolutely. like you're a doing person you get right at me say let's do this let's bam 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 i'm very and now we yeah forward with it because this, this isn't my first podcast. I've had a couple. I mean, I look at everything as a success because even if you fail, you learn something from it. And I look, I try to look at everything as a success. So I've had a few successes in the past. Sure. And one of the things I learned is that you have to be blunt, straight to the point. You have to, you have to be forward. Otherwise, stuff's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, I did. I got an example of that yesterday. I was in the shoe doctor in Eau Claire. And I saw Wyatt. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So Amazing, I, dude. After the coffee song came out, I listened to it. I've listened to it probably a hundred times by now. Oh, wow. I, dude, I that... love it, dude. Thank you. That it is amazing. Is you, guys so... did, you guys did an awesome job. Very cool to hear, man. It's, I appreciate that. It's amazing. So I, I saw him walk in and I go, holy shit. Like I look at my wife and I'm like, holy shit. And she goes, what? And I pull up his Instagram and I'm like, that's him <laughs> and she goes like it's like a celebrity you know wow I'm like, dude. I'm like that's him and I, wow she's like oh she's like what are you gonna do because i have a habit of seeing somebody in public and i'm i'm gonna go talk to that guy sure. like that's how i am sure she's like what are you gonna do i'm like i'm gonna go talk to him so i kind of like bombarded him i shook his hand i'm like hey man i i'm so-and-so because he he kind of knew who i was because i said i'm just messaged you on instagram he's just like oh yeah okay I kind of know who you are. And sure. I, I was like, we need to set something up. You want to be on the podcast? I got one with Greg tomorrow. And he's just like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I'll definitely be on. And I'm like, okay, we'll figure something out. And then, but the look in his eyes was like, whoa, like, who the hell is this guy? Where'd he come from? But I get that. What I'm trying to say is I get that look a lot because I like to be straightforward. Yeah. And so, like in the, in the game, I don't know if you want to call it the game, the industry, whatever you want to call it, you got to be straightforward. Because if you mess around, that's opportunities lost and Nobody likes FOMO. Nobody likes to have the fear of missing out. You know, they want to get on it and they sure. they want to get to it. 
Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more, and that's very humbling to to hear that. You know what? You know just all the stuff that you said about Wyatt, and we're just very humbled in the in the sense that you know Wyatt is definitely an individual that you know we felt was is very talented and has a good sound and has a lot of original stuff happening, and, and it was one of those situations where he just maybe didn't have the kind of contact in order to connect yeah. with people. Say, hey, man, you sound great you know we're running an open mic and people are sitting there really enjoying the music and really you know finding value within it and that's where we were like hey man people value what you do yeah that's important and we want to help that process and so it's we rather like you said rather than just talk it we're gonna do this we're like okay we're gonna do it boom and then do it do it and you know, so now it's here, and then what happens? Well, somebody hears it. Somebody says, hey, man, and then you, all of a sudden, you just two people talking on the street. Yeah, I saw your thing on the thing. Come to my podcast, that I'm doing this. And, and you know, how cool is that? And how cool is it that those type of, like, things and, and you know, opportunities are created just from one person learning and, and doing and following through with it? And it's amazing to think about you know that that old like cliche um, i was a hockey player for a while okay 10 years and this cliche saying by wayne gretzky was you miss 99 percent of the shots that you don't take yep and that's certainly something that um you know the there are there are times when i'm maybe not quite as forward there's times when i'm reserved then there's times i'm very forward and it's like um you know sort of find that balance but you know, what I've learned is, is that if you have something cool to share, most of the time people are like, oh, that's really cool, man. Like, I'm glad to hear that. And I'm glad, you know, it sort of edifies like a lot of what both of us are doing and what all of the, the people that are in this, you know, I'd call it industry or, you know, insane <laughs> or whatever you want to. It's a crazy, you know, industry. And, yeah. Um, you know, and, and I, I kind of like where you're saying, you know, with the success part of it, you know, we deal with people's oh man recording with Steve Madden or like yeah man we're our expectations for this incredibly low it's nothing that to me has going into it again it was not intentional looking at this process hey man maybe we'll like make a song you know maybe we'll you know maybe we'll get somebody sort of to a point where they can go get some local gigs and, and feel like what that's like and start that process for them. Yeah. And beyond that, it was like, you know, whatever. It's cool. Like there's nothing else to do. You can't go to bowling right now. Can't go see the movie theater. You know, obviously COVID, you know, at that period of time, yeah. do anything anyway. And, you know, now we're at sort of just reassessing and looking at, you know, where to go from here. And, and it, again, it's a very humbling experience. Cause you, like you said, you run into these, issues that you have to solve or you you know meet a lot of people and it, it's a very never ending type of process that's awesome that is so you played hockey that's i'm not trying to be like that's the only thing no, i fixated totally. on because cool. I, I i yeah. i i just want to talk about everything and i have so much to talk about sure i'm trying this new style where i don't write anything down i just go with it that's, awesome. what, that's what i'm trying to do man i go with the flow that's, like that's the name of the show so oh awesome that's so, so cool, that's man. what i'm trying to trying to get at is i just roll with it um so you played hockey uh, yes did you like it i loved hockey man. you loved hockey. i when i so 
being from the Northland. Where um, are you from? Yeah, let's get to so that. Where are you from? I, the story behind this is very unique in some ways, in some ways not. I always, whenever people ask me that, I always have this kitsch response. Well, I was born at a very early age. <laughs> but, you know, of course, um, I originally was born in what is the tiny township of Martell, Wisconsin. Uh, Martell, Wisconsin, for those of you listening not from Wisconsin uh, it, or not from the surrounding area, is a very, very rural location. Ellsworth, Wisconsin is about, you know, now it's about 8,000. When I was born, it was about five, 6,000 or less people. Um, I lived 10 miles outside of that. That was the biggest town for 20, 30 miles. Um, and, you know, what I, where I grew up was essentially a log cabin that was renovated from the 1830s holy smokes um and rumor has it i don't don't know exactly but it stood at once as a civil war hospital that's really Um, cool so there was a lot of sort of land you know and it was sort of like hobby farmish and you know it's very peaceful and kind of not ghosty i think most people's (laughs) initial response is is sort of like oh like the were the ghosts was it creepy <laughs> yeah it was creepy there was the normal house was not creepy we did have a limestone rock basement um so the basement at one point was made entirely out of limestone and so that's like in growing up it's weird because when you're a kid it doesn't register that that is not exactly normal yeah. I know what you mean. You know, we're like, yeah, that's it's just you know, it's the basement, blah, 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 basement. And then later, you're like, I've never seen a basement made of limestone ever in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> like, so you're like, whoa, all right. <laughs> um, but that was the only creepy part. It was that it was like going downstairs and like, whoa, it's creepy. Um, but the rest of it was very normal. It was, you know, what I would say is. Uh, you know, it was a little bit atypical upbringing, but at the same time, like it was in school and sports and yep. kind of normal stuff. But that that is like where I was originally from. Okay. And and then eventually we had moved a couple of times. And then by the time I was like 12 or 13, um, I ended up in Chippewa Falls. So okay. Chippewa Falls, yep. Wisconsin, and um, spent some, you know, the rest of my quote unquote, like formative teenage years or whatever you want to call it there. Um and uh, so local. And then there's been a lot of living other places in the world and traveling and that kind of stuff as well. But I would say as a fairly local individual. So traveling, where'd you travel to? Um, one time I went to uh, Minneapolis. This <laughs> is like where you travel. Oh, I went down to uh, Duran there. Duran's a pretty cool town there. <laughs> um, when I so I went to school in Michigan, um, and so I was in school in Michigan, and that was like my senior year of high school. And so at that point in time, uh, my relationship with the arts was very very strong. Um, you know, I had kind of. I like let's get back to hockey first of all. Okay, you yep. you a wild fan, you a <laughs> I to be honest, I don't watch hockey at all. Okay, fair I'm not enough. even a I'm not even a hockey. I like uh I like football and I like okay. wrestling. Not like not like WWE. I like watching like college and high school. Okay, like Greco like like, like man on man yep. throwing each other down yep, like because like I wrestled stuff. I wrestled in high school, oh, okay. so it's kinda awesome. cool to see. Awesome. I wasn't any good at it, but that doesn't matter. Fair enough. I enjoyed it. Fair enough. Yeah, I was not getting my face put in the mat, but <laughs> Well, and as a hockey player, I was like, nah, I was not like terrible at it. I was not great at it. I was sort of in the middle. 
Um, and that was, you know, variant through, uh, you know, I played about 10 years in high school. The reason I bring this up is because we're talking about sort of where my art stuff um, was getting into. In, in freshman year, I played varsity hockey for a very small school. So it wasn't like I made varsity. It was just on varsity. Um and had sort of like done fairly well as a defender there, but there just got to be this point in time where music was taking more precedence over sports. And, you know, I had still played sports and, you know, definitely very active physically from periods of time in my life. But, um, you know, at that point I was getting really focused on it and sort of ended up, um, working with folks at the university to learn stuff and sort of reaching out to individuals to, to help me. And, and, you know, again, that's one of those things where as a kid, if, if somebody sees something good and they recognize it and then you follow through with it, like that's a great kind of thing. And, and so that had started happening, you know, and when I was 14, 15, 16, and, you know, I was playing at bars and playing guitar kind of random places. So you've been doing music for a long time. Long and when time. I say yeah. doing music, like people think doing music is, oh, you make beats on the mac or something like that you you can call doing music is such an umbrella term like anything falls under it so where did you start doing music like did you start making music or were you more of i got a guitar for my birthday and i'm gonna learn how to play it or that's actually so it wasn't birthday but christmas so when i was four years old uh, I, my family are great appreciators of music and, you know, immediate family are great appreciators of music. And it was always, you know, listening to stuff in the house and, you know, it wasn't like pop radio. It was like Miles Davis and Grateful Dead and, and classical music and all different genres yep. of music. So there was like a very passionate appreciation of music growing up and, um, and my extended family, we had some people that played music, but I wouldn't necessarily say they were like out gigging or they were like out making it or trying at music. But uh, I would think I was four, maybe five years old. We'll say five years old just to be safe. But um, somebody had given me a guitar and it was like this half size, um, you know, acoustic guitar, nice guitar. But, um, and, you know, it just kind of sat in a closet at one point. We just lugged it around wherever and, um, I think I was like eight or nine years old and, and for whatever reason I was like, a, I was sort of a bored child where I was always very like, man, I need something to do. I need yep. something to do. And you know, it's, Ma's like, you can't go annoy your brother and sister because you know, you're, you're looking for something to do, et cetera. And so I had sort of taken this initiative of like, I want to learn how to play this. I said, sure. And they took me down to the old music store. And we got a couple books, and they showed me how to tune it. And they said, okay, we got to fix this on it. We fixed it up a little bit. Because, you know, I had sat for a while. And, um, you know, from there, I sort of learned the, the books. So I learned, you know, how to read music and, um, you know, some chords, a couple chords here and there. And, they, you know, my folks had said, look, if you get good enough at this and show initiative, you know, we'll figure out how to help you to get an electric. And, you know, that, it had been a couple of years, and, I had started writing songs almost immediately, like after I started learning basic chords. And so I was probably nine years old um, when I had started writing songs. And That's awesome. It, yeah. And, you know, looking back at it, um, it, you know, it was cool. And it was one of those things where you don't really like realize it as a kid. You're like, yeah, that's just, it's very natural. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, this is, I've been doing this for however many th- years and years and years. And you're like, you're nine years old. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, and so, 
you know, that's where I guess doing music in, in my headspace maybe had started. I don't know if I, I at that point never had, like, I wasn't nine going, like, I'm going to be the next edge or, you know, something. Yeah. It was more like, oh, this is fun. Like, I have a good time doing it's this. It's a hobby. Yeah, it was a hobby, and it was just another facet of the many things that kids do. You know, you're playing soccer, you're riding your bike, or you're doing a lemonade stand, or, you know, you're doing whatever it might be, and, you know, music was one of those things. And um, what had happened was that we, as I had mentioned, um, we'd moved um, – cities and so there was a period of time where i was just like had no friends yeah you know and, and at that point i had just got an electric guitar and so it was like that was what got me through some really really hard difficult lonely times um and not understanding what was going on around me and having that sort of there in order to you know process and, and deal and cope with some of that type of stuff and um you know from there that's when you know, sort of doing music, and then it was all of a sudden like, hey, you're in a band with kids older than you playing bars at 15 and 16 years old. That's insane. You know, yeah. when you're kind of looking around. And, you know, again, it was one of those things where it's like, I don't know, like, cool. You know, it's just whatever. You know, and looking back, you kind of say, well, you know, I don't really... Was it the limestone basement? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it was, you know, and then it just sort of, not snowball, but it was just sort of like, logical steps forward and then you know you end up you know in school I, I ended up in Michigan so we would get to back to traveling so I was in northern Michigan not the UP actual Michigan take back what's ours if any you UP people in Michigan <laughs> you know that's part of Wisconsin and it's connected to Wisconsin. it's connected to take back what's ours but you've been to the UP though yeah oh yeah oh dude I went there for my honeymoon it oh was, awesome. It was awesome so cool so beautiful yeah there. Yeah, and I mean, it's uh, one thing I really like about driving through the UP is that you sort of are on the coast almost the whole time. And, you know, or the woods there, too, are just so deep and, like, some it's parts insane. of it are logged. Yeah. I think when we were up there, not to get off track, but I, I just like talking about nature and the yeah, UP. absolutely. But when we were up there, I think we saw maybe, like, two deer. Like, the whole time oh, it was wow. weird. But we went, and it was, like, height COVID because we got married in tw uh, September of 2020. Awesome. So it was, like, height COVID. Everything sure. shut down, you know, pretty much. But places were doing like takeout and we were staying in this little town i think it was grand marais i think is what it was okay but they had this little joint that was uh you could they had places to sit outside so i mean everybody knew everybody because the town's like 200 people sure. so everyone from the town sitting there you know drinking eating pizza <laughs> and we got a pizza to go and we, we went and sat and sat on this windy windy beach and ate pizza and looked at the water the first night we were there the second night or whatever but there, we. I was listening to these people talk because I just like I like eavesdropping. I like hearing what people are always talking about. You know, sure. Then I can take something from it. Sure. And these two people are talking. They're like, "Yeah, have you seen the elk running around?" And I'm just thinking, I'm like, "What the hell?" Like, they're like, "Yeah, there's a big bull and a cow running around. And they're just running around." <laughs> I almost hit him with my truck the other day. I'm just oh, wow. like, me, you know, coming from you know, this area of Wisconsin, it was just like, yeah, you see big white-tailed deer, yeah, but to see to hear about an elk. Like, that's insane. I mean, I hunt, I fish, and sure. stuff like that. So, like, to hear about an elk, like, that's, it was insane. Sorry to get off topic, but I just, no, that's I, like, I like sharing that. That is great. And and that, I'm, I'm glad we've, like, sort of shared the Michigan UP, you know, because, I, I mean, ultimately, the mainland Michigan or not UP is very similar because I was in the northern part of it. So, yep. it was very, you know, dunes and, um, you know, very, very snowy winter type stuff and, 
Um, I, I don't know if there was elk, but, but you know, similar. And, and so that was sort of that point in time where music started to bring me other places. And, you know, that to me is always sort of a noted thing where you're like, yeah, man, you wouldn't be here if you weren't playing that silly yep. plucking on your doodad over there. So you'd <laughs> you know? say music kind of paved the way for you? Like you followed... Did you lead or did the music lead you? You know what I mean? I feel like it's at times a combination. It's a, that's a, in, in my mind personally, it's a difficult question to answer because I don't really know. You know, I don't, okay. it's tough to say if somebody says, well, how did you end up where you ended up? You say, well, I don't know. You know, I, it was Tuesday. I don't, <laughs> you know, um, it, but I think it was definitely hand in hand where, you know, people would approach me and say, hey man, there's this thing. You should try to do this. And then I would try to do it. Or, hey, you're good, so you should you know, try to do this. Or, you know, what you have is something very cool, and you should hone that, and you should focus that, and you should, you know, consider putting more attention on it because it's sort of something that, you know, we don't necessarily see a lot. Or, um, And so, you know, from that, it was part music leading me and part me making those decisions. And... and I kind of say like red light, green light, or or you sort of get like a good, a positive feedback saying move forward. And then you say, well, maybe I should move forward. And it's usually a balance of sort of music leading me and me leading music. Because I, I will say that definitely music has brought me to some wonderful things. But then the consequent roller coaster that that can become because oh, you're... Yeah sort of on this ride that you don't know where you ended up or how you ended up there. And, and you kind of say, well, man, this isn't typical. I don't have as many examples to follow. And I don't have like a, a game plan that doesn't involve this like music thing and this art thing that sort of sticks with you. And um, so, I mean, there is, can be a double-edged sword that way. But, you know, in, in traveling and, and ending up in a place solely to do an art forum and to, to be with a group of people that are like-minded um, and have had a similar experience is very, very cool. And, um, you know, Michigan was like that for me. And, and, you know, that led to me being in Illinois and in Chicago for five years, you know, studying music in school and, um, you know, just learning. I learned a lot about sort of working musicians in a more urban environment because obviously, hey... I'm from, like, uh, Wisconsin. People like to pack their cheese. Uh, and never <laughs> lived in a big city ever. No. You know, yep. it was not, um, definitely not uh, something that I was accustomed to, where it's like, oh, there's a subway. <laughs> and it's not a restaurant. It's an actual, like, thing that goes underground. Yep. And, um, and just seeing cultural differences from sort of urban individuals and then individuals that were, like, more sort of my flavor, which is like, oh, hey, we're just chilling. You know, I say, we're, we're excited about the elk. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Where they'd be like, what, who cares? Like, no, it's like elk are cool. They're big. They're, they're big, like... Massive. They, yeah, they're... You know, there's these majestic creatures in the woods somewhere, and, and I like that. That's where I'm from, you know? Um, and, you know, from that perspective, um, it was a very difficult time living in the city, and, and so it was like, on the one hand, music brought me to this awesome place, and on the other hand, music sort of brought me to this place that was very challenging, and it made me question a lot of my you know, practices, beliefs, and, and sort of had to view myself differently. And I put a lot of self-expectation um, out there as well. And, you know, from that perspective, it was like, then you kind of look back and say, well, is that the right thing to do? I don't know. Um, but 
that was definitely a different location. And so, you know, there's definitely over the years been more of that where, you know, you sort of like look around one day and you're in the middle of a basement in Romania playing to like, you know, 25 people and trying to get other like people from that world and culture involved in what you're doing. And it's, it's unreal. You know, there's just times where it's like, holy crap, you know, this is powerful. I know exactly how you feel and what you mean. Cause I grew up in a big city. I grew up in Rochester. Okay. And then I right. whole world got rocked, you know, families have their troubles. And now I live in a town of 1100 people. Like it's insane. But to see what you're saying about having the double edged sword and to be in the basement of some place. So when you, was that an example? Like, were you in a basement yeah. of Romania? Yeah. Oh my Lord. You've been everywhere. Man, not, not everywhere, but I, I, I was, it's just one of the things where you just wake up one day and you're like, okay, I guess I, yeah, been a little, been, a, been around, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But you know, I don't think I would have gone there had I not had like, something sort of pulling me there yeah so music was like music's always been like the string that's tied it all together yeah and you know i in in some ways view music it's a it's a bold statement to say this but music in in a way is a very universal language in the sense that i've met people from all over and i've i've told this to a lot of people and you know when you don't actually communicate with a language verbally but then all of a sudden you sit down with somebody from, you know, Vietnam or you know somewhere, and you're just yep. sitting there. If you're playing Beatles songs, they're gonna listen to you. Well, or you or you both play them. It's like, oh, we don't know how to talk to each other, but we both know, like, hey, Martha, my dear. Yep. <laughs> Dude, I got a great example of that. I have, I had these friends that were like foreign exchange students, but for work, they okay. came to America to learn engineering, yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. They're Albanian from Kosovo. Okay. Over in, I, yep. think, I think I'm pronouncing that right, over yep. in Balkans. Europe. And they, we, I mean, I hung out with them quite a bit because I like making friends. I like people. I like talking to people. That's why I have a podcast. So, <laughs> I would hope I, so. I, don't know, so. <laughs> I, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of what I say about recording sometimes. I was like, I don't like, uh, I like helping people, you know. And that was one thing that we, we went to, like, we'd go for a drive and we'd go to Eau Claire. We'd hang out and have a dinner. But we always had music and they showed me so much music from like their culture and like what they listen to and they're still and I showed them like music that I listen to and it was just this music brings people together like there's songs on my playlist from three years ago that I don't know what the hell they're saying but I still listen to it because it sounds good and it reminds me of them and it brings me back to there to when I had those friends in that time music is definitely a universal language it even when you don't know what they're saying, you can feel it. M- yeah. Music touches the soul. Reminds us, you know, it, it reminds us in of so many things that way, and you know that that to me is is, I guess at this point, sort of. I, I like to say, oh, it's neat, it's neat, but, um, but yeah, and and I would have never sort of maybe learned how to care about others that are different than myself without that, you know, I don't know if I would have made that connection without, you know, so-and-so knows stairway to heaven and it doesn't matter if so-and-so looks totally different from me or comes from a different culture, comes from, 
you know, different economic backgrounds or this or that, there's this commonality and a love that people share. And, you know, again, a lot of times when I'm missing something or when I'm sort of not sure of how to grow as a person or how to become a better person, music sort of like lights the way for that a lot of time. And, you know, the traveling part of it that is maybe, you know, where I was supposed to be going or what I was supposed to be doing as a result, I at this point don't know, but... That's awesome. So, well, I want to circle back to the Avery studio because that's a big reason why you're here is I want to talk about sure. that. That's just, it's a neat looking space. Sure. How did you ever find it and acquire that? And... Totally. Well, well, I don't, I don't really own property. Okay. So it, it's, you know, we, we rent through people and they're, you know, aware of what's going on, et cetera. Um, but I sort of just ended up there. Total happenstance. Um, I was in a position where I was dealing with um, ear issues. Sort okay. Of. And I was living in Eau Claire, and I was spending a lot of time in Menominee, you know, at the family home and um, trying to figure that out. And my lease, I think, was up in, like, in Eau Claire was up or something. And then my folks had a property that they had sold, and they had a tenant in the other property they were moving into. And there was this gap time. This is gap time. And, and I was like, well, my lease is up. And they're like, well, this is up. And this is up. And so no one had anywhere to go. That's <laughs> basically what happened. And um, so they had found this place. Yeah. And they said, well, we're going to North Carolina. And you can hang out here and stay here because they had tried to find other. It just nothing was fitting, right? So they were like, we're going south. There's snow, snowbird in it. And you can chill here. Um, and then after they had gotten back into their place, like after like a month or two or something, um, then I was like, well, I'll just hang out here. See what happens. You know, it so was, do you live there then? Uh, I used to live there. You used to live um, there. Now you... And what happened was a property opened up next door to the space. So I live next door. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, can't get any better than that. Or... Yeah, it was very serendipitous, very grateful for, for that to have happen. And, um, you know, it's sort of what, like you said, is it you moving the music or the move, mu, music moving you? And sort of things like that happening maybe edify that, oh, maybe we should, like, keep doing this for people, you know, kind of thing. And, you know, again, not my intention. Again, it wasn't my idea to, like, do that. It was like, here I am. I'm sort of looking for a place so we can keep the good happening without too much stress. And then, boom, there it is. And, you know, it's those type of moments where it's very, again, very humbling because of how little control, you know, we have. Yeah. Um, uh, so now I'm next door, but I was originally living there. And then things just sort of, people say, oh, I have this piano or I have this Rhodes. We don't, we've been sitting in my basement. Okay, cool. We'll fix it up. We'll throw it in there. Oh, hey, I got these organs. Like, um, you know, can we put them somewhere in here? So sure, you know, we can put them in here. Hey, we need to do this. We need that. And pretty soon it's like, <laughs> cool, man. Like, I guess we, okay, we'll go figure something, different place to live. And we'll just try to keep this rolling. Um, and so it was like, again, it wasn't my intention. And, and it was definitely uh, sort of a one step at a time process. Where it's like, well, this is happening. So I'll do this. We'll do that. Um, which was cool. You know, it was very cool. That's all. Everything happens for a reason, man. It, 
apparently so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the way I, I mean that's the way I like to look at my life is you know everything yeah. happens for a reason. Stuff doesn't happen to us, it happens for us. Yeah. In my opinion, you know, you are, I take I try to take away something from everything. Yeah. And it sounds like you're just making the most of everything and yeah. you're producing this wave or net or web of just is amazingness a word? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. There's a word I can't put on it. Like I don't. I just yeah, can't I don't, think of a word. I don't like the term web because it makes it feel predatory. You know okay. I mean? Yeah. Because spider web, this that. It, it, you know, and it's tough to define that, and it's tough to define like art and movements yep. of art and and things like that. And so, I mean, I don't know. I I don't. Rest, I, I can't. It's if somebody asks me about what it was I was doing, I'd say I'm just chilling. <laughs> You know, yeah. I'm just having a good time and trying to help people and trying having to fun with it. make, yeah, and try to get people in a position where they can sort of learn about themselves and their process and their art and their, you know, maybe purpose or their sort of, you know, growing as people. And that to me is, is amazing because we live in very different times and we live in this world of, you know, I, I don't... I, Politically, I, I'm sort of middle of the road on stuff where I'm like, hey, let's all get along. That's, you know, I feel you there. But we definitely live in a place where you can sort of search and justify pretty much anything you want on the internet. And we are living in those times. And, and I feel like, in many ways, that online thing and this online presence, again, super double edgy, you know. You can learn a ton of stuff. There's a lot of excellent resources, but you can fall down these sort of like rabbit well holes where it stops that doing process. Because, A, well, I'm looking at this and, you know, I tried to learn guitar, but I stopped because I saw some like, you know, eight-year-old kid in France playing like all kinds of crazy stuff and I got discouraged. And so, I mean, to me, it, it sort of focuses us on that doing aspect of it, regardless of outcome. Yep. You know, it's not like, I think for a much of my musical endeavor, um, I was always looking for outcome. You know, if you play the big show, go, you know, feel good and feel awesome and empowered about it, et cetera. And that never, never had a long-term like positive outcome. And what I realized sort of like you were saying that in that period of time, like five years ago where I was sort of going through it and figuring stuff out, um, when I started to say, well, let's not do this for me because I don't care anymore. You know, I'm not looking to do. Not looking any, to get the big break and become no. famous or anything no, like that. No, God, no. And and I really, you know, kind of think about it's such so much more of a detriment to have to deal with that weight and that pressure a lot of times than um, probably what it's worth for those people. And. And so for me, it was just, yeah, we'll help some people out, you know, we'll, we'll figure some stuff. And, and I kind of refer to it as like a Venn diagram, you know, where you have those concentric circles. Yep. And we were just sort of at the middle of a lot of concentric circles for people and are still sort of in that um, headspace where, you know, one person needs a basis and then another guy's looking for this and another dude is trying to get a gig and the other person's trying to make a song. And so, you know, you get them together and then they like, you know, all of a sudden, wham, bam. You had the resources to help... Yeah those people reach their potential, reach what their goal was and get them out there and do that. That's yeah, awesome. And we kind of say it and, you know, there's this whole kitschy like bird theme because an aviary um, is a, what is a fancy term for a bird cage. Yep. 
and uh, what our sort of mission statement would be is getting artists off the ground. And so, you know, if the the motion that I'm making for those of you listening is, is sort of that cupped hands motion with the bird in your hand, and then you kind of fling up the bird and it's fly, you're free. That's what you're doing to people. And yeah. Or and trying to do it. Trying to do it. And so it's so much more in some ways than just like putting a microphone up and saying, okay, let's go record. We have people that are like, I have recordings. We just don't know how to publish them. Or we have people that are partially done with recordings and we don't know how to do this. Or... We have people who say, well, I don't have a music page, and I don't really know how to get shows. We say, well, okay, cool, we'll, like, start that for you. And we'll, you know, because I feel like in the industry and in, you know, my experience where you start to get back to a lot of, like, that, you kind of do what maybe you didn't do or things like that is that I – it took me a while to, like, realize, hey, you can go play shows. Hey, you can go, like – and there's value of you playing shows. People enjoy it. People like it. Um, and it took me a while for that sort of to click because I was like in academia and learning about the nuts and bolts of music. And I, that really interests me. I really love that stuff. But um, but there's usually gaps where people are like, well, yeah, I can play really good, but I can't play out. Or I can play out, but I can't play any good. Or I don't know what to play. Or, you know, I, I'm a phenomenal artist. I just have no recording. Or... I have all these songs and we just need to put them down and make a record of them so that people know that they're out there or I've never performed. So, you know, we run an open microphone um, or, you know, those type of things. And so we try to get it to the point where the, everybody is a little bit more well-rounded. Yep. Um, and that's that getting off the ground because it's like, cool. Now you've put yourself in a position to be ready for more opportunities to happen because if I'm if I'm a menu music person, you say, oh, well, so-and-so's got a website, and so-and-so has a recording, and so-and-so, you know, has these things in place. It's easy for me now to say, oh, yeah, come on, you know, do do the booking or do the show or do this or do that. And, you know, that's a lot of what, where my head was at with it after, you know, like I said, not my intention, but after we started to um, have people coming in, we there was a little bit of a realization where, you know, it wasn't them, but it also was sort of like they would ask those questions of like, well, how do I do this? Or what is this? Or what is that? And then we sort of figured a little bit of that out. And so that was sort of the mission statement that became once we were like, oh, this is a thing, you know? That's awesome. So how many, do you have like consistent people that record there? Like this is where we record? Or is it more... People see your website or see your Instagram, hit you up. You say, okay, come out. We'll help you out. Then they come and you help them out, and then they go and you never see them again? Or is um, it a combination? A co it is a combination. Um, right now, we have, um, as I had mentioned, I was apologetically late to this um, because... <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> um, we have a, a, a group of instrumental musicians in what is... I wouldn't call them jazz, but they are of a similar... You know, they're from jazz backgrounds is what I would say. Um, and they've consistently been a part of this since day one. And they're amazing human beings. They're just like really purely driven on some really wholesome goodness. And they've been coming out and they're out there today called The Sweater People on Spotify. Check them out. Um, really good stuff. They've recorded basically majority of stuff they've done has been through. I think they recorded at a church and some other things. Okay. Um, but 
they, you know, show up, do their thing, do a full band, live band thing, um, run it through the stuff, wham, bam, in and out. But then, you know, we'll do things like, hey, you know, we got a guy that needs bass, call a bass player up from that. Or, hey, we need a drummer. So then we'll sort of put them in as session players just because they've been so foundational in the yep. the process. And so they are consistent. We have a lot of other people that are consistently there. But then we'll have people that say, hey, I need this song for a specific thing. You know, like we have person doing a project. They need a song. Cool. We'll make a song. Boom. Maybe maybe we'll never see him again. Or, hey, we I some like we just say we had a guy say, I need vocals for this album. We've done all the rest of it. We just need a place to do vocals. We'll say, cool. Wham, bam, in and out, edit. They'll show us the finished product. It's amazing. Awesome. And so there's definitely a degree of involvement with each individual or group that comes in. And it, again, is focused on what they need from us. So it's like we're not going to overstep it and be like, oh, you want vocals? Well, let's record a whole, blah, 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 you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, or vice versa, where you might be dealing with somebody that doesn't have a lot of experience in it. And we're sort of geared for that, where um, – we don't have a ton of – we have people that come in and can play really good, but they just don't know anything about the rest of it. And, um, you know, those individuals will be like, hey, you know, there's some stuff that you should probably think about or there might be some stuff that you may want to look into, and we have some people that will help you do that. You know, it's like you need a bio. We have a staff writer that writes bios for people. And so, hey, if that's a really good way to make that one step closer to flying on your own, so to speak. Yep. Wow, that's it's. I'm speechless on everything you've said about it so far because it just seems like you're just a well of knowledge, and you just and you're sharing oh, it. I don't with know people. about that. Well, you, I mean, you got <laughs> enough. It. You got enough knowledge to, you know, cup the birds and throw them. You know, that's some. <laughs> some <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Some, throw is. It's like picturing like a, just, a dude like just wham, ooh, baseball ah. pitching it to the. <laughs> to the sky but but yeah exactly where and and we it's very tough not to care about the importance of that when that music or that thing has been such a positive influence within yourself to not take care within that and that's sort of what why there is some knowledge there and why there is some um why there is some knowledge there and why there is sort of more of a well-rounded thing happening is because it's like, yeah, man, like that led me to this, to that, to this, to that. And then I look back and say, man, I would have never known any of those things, you know? That's amazing. But very humbling also because like in the process <laughs> of, you know, throwing birds, you get shat on and this and that. <laughs> yeah, you get, you get, you know, you get burnt here and there, you know, people, Well, and, people are people, life happens. Well, and I mean, I, I always tell people and I always tell I don't know if I always, again, I, I don't like saying always because there are, there are usually exceptions, but I usually will make light of the fact that it's like, hey, we're dual individuals. You know, we have two sides to this. We have many faces. We, we are not perfect. We are human. And that's something to celebrate, not something to condemn. And so, yeah, I mean, within this process, there have been trials and there has been stuff and there has been, you know, it has not by any means been perfect. Um, it's more of, um, just one step at a time, kind of learning and growing in that. Yep. So do people, when someone wants to record there or somebody wants to link up with you, do they usually find you or have you found individuals like you, 
walking through the grocery store and you hear over here somebody and then you're like, hey, I, I got this space. Like, how is it? How does the process go from, you know, like what sure. what's happening right now? Like with you, you know, you I heard about you for, through someone and then I had the balls to message you and now you're in my basement recording yep. a podcast. Like, how does that usually go down? Like how, like Wyatt, like how did Wyatt find out about the Avery or how did you find out about Wyatt? Sure. Use him as an example. Hopefully so, he doesn't mind. Yeah. And, and I hope so too. I think he hopefully is cool with it, but uh, the I, I want, what I would love to do is just make up this completely ridiculous story about, well, you know, Wyatt was on the range and this <laughs> and that, but it's totally not that we were recording um, uh, an EP for somebody who he was actually brought in as a session player. Okay. Yeah, Wyatt is a fantastic guitar player, um, and so he was doing session work for us. And we, you know, at first I think he was very skeptical of the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> very like, what am I doing here? Like, who are all these weirdo people? Like, you know, never really set foot in the studio, kind of thing. And and so we had managed. Oh, cool guy. You know, he's just very like over, like slightly like taken. Like, whoa, where? How did I end up at this place? Yeah. <laughs> um and. One of the people that we were recording with, who is Lou Carver, um, you can also find him on Spotify as well. Uh, Lou Carver actually also has a uh, Tuesdays on Wise Radio out of Eau Claire has what is called the Ramblin' Roundup, um, where he does classic country. And it's awesome. It's very, very cool. So there's a couple different ways that he had said, hey, man, like, come over. I want you to play on my record. And, and so, you know, play on my record. And, and so then later he's like, hey, I want you to record a track. And, you know, from my perspective, sitting kind of in the booth or whatever, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what this is. Yeah, this guy seems like he's just kind of taking it in and isn't sure what to make of everything. And he kind of looks at me and goes, do I have to pay for this? And I say, no, man, it's fine. It's cool. <laughs> you know, don't worry about it. You're on somebody else's time, et cetera. So, and he just crushed. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, <coughs> what? <laughs> what are you doing, man? And, and, you know, so it was a very not forced thing it was like he showed up he made great music we looked and said well dude keep making great music like and i i just feel like it was i just sort of was like yeah man you're in a position where the music's good let's try to make more of it because it's important and people find value in that and we find value in you yeah and that's very much um a lot of the people that we've come into contact with has sort of been sort of happenstance one way or another i mean we do get phone calls you know people call us up say hey can i make this sure you know and then we kind of like do the dance of like are you a good fit are you sort of in our headspace or realm of space and things like that um i don't know if i've ever if you never overheard somebody in walmart and you're just like hey come check this out me <laughs> my name's greg it's nice to meet you i'm a <laughs> And, like, I, I don't even know what I am. I, I would say I'm a facilitator of okay. places. Some people are like, are you a producer? It's like, I don't know. I try to help people with what they do, and I try to help people with sort of the needs that they come to me with. Yeah. It's very, you know, I don't like the term per se because then there's all this weird that is associated with that, you know. And, there's, like, a stigma, like, yeah. you know, someone says, you know, I I'm a podcaster or I'm – an athlete or I'm a producer, it you automatically think, you know, producer, you think this guy's sitting in front of this giant mixer master, but I don't even know what they're called. Oh, sure, sure. Whatever it's, it's called console. Yeah. Here I am in front of the console Just making history some for guy millions of fans and audiences. <laughs> you know, and that's what I think of when I 
think of a producer. Yeah, and, no, that I mean that's yeah. what anybody thinks of. I think. Yeah, there's a, that stigma. You there's know? a stigma of this guy looking through a glass window at someone else in a booth. Just yeah, looking at his watch, going, oh, God, oh, or or somebody that is just like over the top creative and just very over the top, like, uh, you know, kind of out there person. And I mean, yeah, like I can be an other person, but um, I don't operate like that per se. It, it's just like I, I never thought of myself like that. I never I just say, well, people show up. We try to help them out. That's simple. And if they want to whatever they want to call, it's fine. You know, and because I don't, I had issues with the stigma of being a musician for a long time. Where, oh, you're a musician, so you like party and play songs and sing and dance. And yep. they're like, no, man, I like playing D&D with my friends and, you know, <laughs> eating chips and talking about, like, you know, nerdy, irrelevant political things. Yep. <laughs> you know, and that is just one side of you. And there are many sides to all of us. And, uh, you know we as people oftentimes generalize and that isn't always, you know, the right way to go about it. All right. I want to transition to the Avery podcast. Oh, okay. All right. You know you, rival. You can, you can take a, you can take a drink. Rival podcasting. Here we are. Rival podcast. I, Mono, no. <laughs> I don't think we're, we're, I don't think anybody's rivals. It's, I agree. I, I totally agree. We're again, something that just, we're just, we're in the industry. Yeah. We're something that the it game just sort of had happens. Um, is it about when? When can we look for an episode to be released? So can we, I ask that? Yes, absolutely. We are in episode two of the podcast, and we don't know exactly when we will release because we kind of want to get a few under our belt. I first. know that's what I did. Yep. I um, and again, it was not something that I had really brought up, and I wasn't like, "Oh, okay, now it's time to do the podcast." So like somebody came to me and said, "Hey, I want to do something. I want to do a podcast. Is that cool?" I said, "Sure." That's fine. So is know. it, it's the Avery podcast yes. with somebody from the outside that's not part of the Avery studio? Like, mm, are they talking to you guys about so it? So the or? trumpet player of this band, the Sweater People, that's recording out there tonight, actually, um, is, a you know, a really good dude. And he had sort of been ground level where we had met previous to all this stuff happening. He was very, very proactive um, in initiating sort of meeting people and being like, yeah, I want to make music. I want to be, you know, so he's definitely been a part of it for, for, uh, you know, since sort of day one, but sort of on the yeah. outs, not in the production sort of part of it, so to speak, but on some of the other ends of it and meeting people and having, you know, very inquisitive and connecting one another and things like that. He's, um, one of the individuals that, uh, we know said so well his superpower is actually connecting individuals. <laughs> I don't I don't know if that's true or not true, um, but it's sorting is seeming like that. The more and more we sort of um, get to know him, and he actually sort of as a result of the studio had ended up in a much larger band um, because of that. Because we had done some house shows and we had brought some you know touring bands in, and and they you know made connections with them where it's like hey we were looking for a fiddle player you got a fiddle player you know this or that so they said hey you got a trumpet player we need somebody for the band we said oh sure so he ended up in the band touring and um and he was like i want to do something because i felt like this place has just been great so you know his it was his idea and he knew sort of the ins and outs of what had been happening yep. there so it wasn't like so it wasn't t totally random it wasn't someone like showed up recorded a song and was like wow you guys should do a podcast we should do this it's somebody that's been there since day one they know the story yeah. they know the the foundation yes. and they it's 
it's kind of their way of giving back, I guess. Yeah. And that's what he wants to do is yep. just absolutely put you guys up and absolutely that's awesome and that you know is once again we had talked about this you know previously where that example of giving and that example of saying trying to make people better and and saying well you did this and i saw that example i want to do that and and that's what i had seen in other people that i looked up to and you know the other people i looked up to it, it just started this like other people wanting to give and that's very very cool um and so, yeah, he had, and I said, cool, let's see how it goes. Let's do some stuff. And so we, we, you know, I know very little about it, you know, in terms of it, you know, yep. I, it was kind of, it, I, I like your thought process of like, how did that happen? It's like, well, this guy wearing a podcaster t-shirt arrived <laughs> one day and said, I'm here to podcast. <laughs> Not like that by, by any means, but, um, you know, it's definitely something we're starting to still figure out. We're still trying to like kind of find what it is actually about because we've kind of done what we've done here is talked about studio and talked about um why things were occurring and and you know also hockey and also sort of different things elk that way. And... yeah elk hockey elk and and you know uh we you know have shouted out uh, on majority of my plugs is I, I like bubbly water so i i really appreciate the the bubbly water i love it i yeah. i like better alternatives to pop because yeah i got gut digestive issues and sure. pop does not help it at all because yes. it's just sugar 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 and this is five calories zero sugar it's just yeah bubbly water and flavoring i love it exactly. people are like how can you drink the tv static and i'm just like tv static like, i've never heard that i'm like actually. with my mouth is how i drink it because it tastes <laughs> good I, uh, this stuff this bubbler this oh it's so flavorful it's so good yeah and uh, you know that um you know so we talk about a lot of stuff and but we're still sort of finding the feel of that because I feel like each person has a different take on what has occurred, and it's cool to sort of get different perspectives by all means. Life is all about perspective. Yep. And I like hearing other people's perspective. That's why I bring people onto my show. You know, I had, I did have a previous podcast where it was me and another guy, and we'd sit down and have a whiskey and talk about it or something like that. Oh, sure, sure. But like, I like the dynamic of a total stranger better than somebody that I know because, like, somebody that you know, like, it gets comfortable and complacent and you not saying like that's what's going to happen with you guys because you guys kind of know each other but like i don't know I'm, i don't know what i'm trying to say with this it's well it, it, i like to how be on your toes with it out is, of that comfort zone uh, there you go you're out and of your comfort like, zone i could have walked in here you know in a in a gorilla suit being like <laughs> hello what's up man <laughs> how you doing that would have been awesome yeah. by the way i would have <laughs> yeah, loved, loved it because yeah. i that would have been awesome so because i was going to compliment you like have you how many podcasts have you done like over like is this your third episode because you got every episode one two i am i'm only on the first one because like i said okay. i'm not i'm not administering okay and i'm not the like interviewer the other individual whose name is dawson Redinius. you can find his works and trumpet playing and all this said online as well um but dawson Redinius is is the guy that's responsible for that the band that he's in now is called good morning bedlam um, and he does a lot of so their social media stuff. So he is actually sort of the MC, if you will, of that podcast. But he, of course, was, oh, I'm going to interview you first. I'm like, oh, great. Okay. <laughs> and so this, I, I had done some interviews and some radio stuff um, previously and some podcasting. But, you know, in terms of being on like a podcast or a long-term format where we have to talk about a lot of stuff, this is like my second time doing it. You're very good at it. Well, I appreciate I, that. I wanted to compliment <laughs> you and be like, that. you're very good because 
I I ask a question and there's a span of ten minutes where I, I don't even say anything because you like. Well, I apologize. You talk, no, 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 no. I like it because then it's like it gives me time to think about what I'm going to ask next. And excellent, it's awesome. Man. Excellent. So well, do you, thank you, thank you. So with episode two, did you like sit there and watch it happen, or were you just like, oh, they're over there recording? I'm going to go over here. So what the way it went down was, Dawson's like, hey, um, this w- wonderful gal, uh, Camille Vi. Again, on Spotify. That's an awesome name. Uh, Camille Vi is, yeah, she's a she's a great, fantastic, you know, fantastic sweet lady and person, girl, whatever, whatever terms that she would feel just on doing. But um, recorded with us, and she recorded an EP available, you know, major outlets, et cetera. Um, we had a, a real positive experience, and we, at that point, were kind of learning. She was sort of learning. Because we had both met, and we're like, eh, we haven't really done something of this magnitude quite yet here. Uh, and so, did it EPs out? She had originally done it sort of for a project. Project went through swimmingly, et cetera. And so, that was in August, and she hadn't really been back since. And so, um, she came back, and Dawson said, well, why don't we get her on? And I said, sure. And so, the way I looked at it was he's like, hey, me and Camille are going to get some pizza down at the pizza joint. Hang out with us. <laughs> and then we'll do the podcast. So I was like, sure, I'll get pizza. Yeah. <laughs> and then they kind of set up and I was there briefly. And I was like, have at it, guys. You know, it's just it was so cool to me to see somebody that had been through kind of that recording process and what they some of what they took away from it and what they got out of it. And, um you know, those type of things. And so it was cool, but I was not there the whole time. So I just sort of said, all right, you know, I'm, I'm good. I got stuff to do, et cetera. That's awesome. Do you enjoy it? Do you enjoy the podcast, the podcasting for what you did? And like, I mean, you're here now. I mean, it, I think it, the interview cool. process is what I'm trying to say. Like, do you enjoy? I mean, yes, no. Like, I think you make this process enjoyable and the other individual, like Dawson had made it really like, chill and enjoyable and easy to do i think there's been other times where it hasn't been that way so i'm extremely grateful as well for that um where people are more you know it's like it's very different if somebody is trying to get something you to say something yeah than somebody just wanting to genuinely listen to what you're talking about or wants to know more about something that they think is enjoyable because i've definitely been in situations where like you feel like you know lawyer is after so now tell me about this and this and you're like oh, i don't know yeah. and, well what about this oh ha that's it that's the thing oh ah. and you know there's been times where i felt like that sort of you know it's inquisitionary uh almost and um from that perspective no from this type of perspective to sort of just continually perpetuate you know what is just a series explaining a series of events sure awesome you know very cool that's awesome that's just it's so breathtaking i don't know i'm just i'm amazed with everything you have to say because your insight on everything is just very moving you're oh, I, I gotta it. say wow. from the from the last hour and a half that we've been talking almost like you're a very moving person and i can see from your disposition i think that's the word i'm looking for you're the way you carry yourself, you you are a giving person. And, I mean, you came, you drove half an hour to sit in my basement and talk to me. Because that's what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to, I try to put people 
on, I don't want to say on blast. Like I try to help people, you know, like I got this podcast. I'm trying to introduce people to new people. And then in turn, they got connections to people and they're like, I was on this podcast and come listen to it. And then that brings an audience to me too. So I think it's, it's a, it's a hand in hand, you know, I'm handing you this, take it and run with it. And then you hand me this and I take this and run with it. It's just people helping people. Well, and as we see interdependent is like a term that I like to use with that. Interdependent is what you said? Yeah, because we, we need one another, but we're not like, it's not like somebody relying on someone. It's like, no, I need you and you need me. And that's how it's sort of always, you know, for many, that's the way that things potentially can work. That's awesome. And, you know, that's something that I had. But, you know, I'm a knowledgeable guy because I did, I decided to make all the mistakes (laughs) 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 or to make a lot of the wrong moves or a lot of, and, and I think, you know, it's like sometimes you got to be on the wrong track to get on the right one. Or sometimes you got to be, you know, not knowing where you are to figure out where you are. And, you know, it's definitely from a a very, it's been a bumpy ride at times. And that's some of where that comes from rather than just having everything thrown at, you know, sure. Yeah, I'll do this. Sure. Yeah, I'll do that. It's, you know, it's those lower points in life that, um, make you what you are and make you really question and challenge what the world around you is and, and that could be. And, um, so yeah, I mean that I'm very humbled that you say that. Um, but it is not without struggle and strife, et cetera. <laughs> yeah. I only see, you know, the, I only see the good parts. I only see what you present. I don't see everything you've been through. Nobody sees what anybody's been through unless you've been there with them. Well, and I mean, for, like I said, you know, at the period of time that I was sort of in this, headspace of trying to figure out what the feeling was that I was missing, you know, that led me to some very, very low points in time where it was just very empty and very dark and running and running and running and exercising and just trying to get something out that wouldn't come out and, um, you know, sort of dealing with the loss of bands and things that I, things that my value was attached to maybe is the way that I would put it. And, saying oh man i'm not like this great you know i can't view myself in a good way because the things that made me who i was are gone and that was a really tough time because you sort of have to let go just be like it is what it is you know it is what it is yep oh that's awesome and you enjoy what you're doing now you do you have that feeling that you were looking for no no <laughs> i mean yes St- and still no. looking still looking for it <laughs> yeah i would say it, it is makes more sense now is maybe what I would sort of look at it as. It's like I had this grading feeling before, and there was this sort of sense of dependency that I needed someone to tell me that I was good, or I needed somebody to tell me what I, I was or what I wasn't. And and from that perspective, it was very blinding because you never know. You don't have like a rooted sense of who you are at that stage or from there now it's like i'm not necessarily fulfilled but i do feel as if though the path 
to that type of fulfillment is there and that it's what you're on right now and that is what i'm on and although you know it is a very back and forth struggle for me at times um you know i have good and bad days you know there's days you throw your hands up and you go i don't know why we're doing any of this and yep. i don't and then there's days where you see some really amazing stuff and you're like oh that's why you know and so it's very back and forth but at the same time at least now it's less questions need to be answered and the less sort of the if if i'm feeling a certain way i have a better handle on why i'm feeling that way whereas before it was very much like wait well i i'm really trying to sift through fog where now at least is a little more clear is maybe the way i would would describe it now do you do this i don't want to use the word producing do you do this do you do the avery studio full-time uh, is this like your job or do you have like a different job and this is sure. like takes up all your time outside of work? So what had happened was I was doing a full-time job and then we had started the studio stuff and I had gotten to the point where I had left my other job and kind of said, I'm going to take some time to focus on this. Yep. Um, and so I took some time to focus on that. And so we spent you know, like eight, six, eight months kind of doing just studio stuff and gigging and teaching and, and more music things. And um, right now I have this opportunity to work with a really awesome band merchandise company. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, these folks down in Eau Claire do ambient inks um, and they make merch for like amazing huge bands and stuff. It's very cool. You got a connection to a merch people? Is that what you're saying? Well, I don't know. I wouldn't call it connection, but I, I learned... <laughs> sort of worked for them over the last couple of months during their okay. holiday season. They just needed somebody in there helping out. And yep. for me, I was like, cool, this is a cool opportunity to learn about sort of a completely other side of what happens after the fact, you know, is you make this art and then all of a sudden it reaches people. And then all of a sudden it's, you know, somebody saying, Oh, my limited edition vinyl record player isn't playing this right. <laughs> and, yep. and I think it was important again to like, care about we have these people creating and we have these people making art and we have these people doing you know really cool and really awesome stuff um but what do we do with that and how do we continue that sharing process to individuals who aren't necessarily speaking fluently that universal language that we're connected to and how can we bridge that to them and and so for me it was very important learning process to realize that yes there are people all over that fall in love with this stuff and that really appreciate it and in that sort of bringing that back into the studio you have this higher understanding of like why you're doing it beyond just the musicians and helping them you say well there's other people that use music that don't necessarily know how to play music or create music that still are using that as a conduit to learn and grow and to become you know, more fulfilled individuals as a result. And, you know, working with them was, was very cool as a result of that. And that now is sort of um, coming to a close just because it's like holidays are over. People are coming back to what they need. It's less busy, et cetera. Yep. Um, and so looking at that, um, now it's sort of, I'm in this position where I don't know exactly what the next move will, will be. So we're sort of looking ahead as a studio and assessing it. And, you know, there's uh, there's tons, you know, not tons of work, but we are quite busy. There's a lot of projects happening. There are people in and out all the time. Like, there is a thing, you know, still going on consistently. Um, and we're sort of assessing 
you know, from a community standpoint, what we can do to find more degree of permanency, because again, the industry's tough, you know, and it's it is. Uh, very taxing. And um, from that perspective, I don't know if I'm going to continue doing it full time or if I'm going to find, you know, maybe play some gig somewhere, or teach more students or, you know, kind of where we go from here per se. Yeah. But, you know, we had done it full time basically for, you know, about eight months in the process and then kind of was saying, all right, now we sort of have a process and now we're just looking back and saying, okay, so where, what now, I guess. That's awesome. Yeah. Speaking of students, you have one of my good friends, Josh Verdeja is a student of yours. Yes. You're giving him vocal lessons. Yes. Josh is really cool. He's, he's such an insightful person too. He's such a good person to talk, sit down and talk to. He's funny. He's yeah. Great, very grateful he, to have Josh. He's in, everything. Yeah. How would you how would you meet him? Um, that is a good question. I th- I want to say there's this dude, um, Frank, and Frank is a DJ. Frank Cuppery, by yes. chance? Yep, I know him. And I've met him. Frank Cuppery is a very positive dude, and I I had heard about Frank through mutual friends, and kind of ended up at one of Frank's shows, and, and meeting him, it was just very, very cool. Like, he's very like, yeah, man, I'm into this, I'm doing that, et cetera. You know, heard about the studio, this and that. And we were just very grateful to, like, finally connect and meet each yep. other. And I think Frank had told Josh sort of what I was up to, and Josh was like, hey, man, I got all these, you know, I want to learn how to do this and this. And um, I said, cool, man, that sounds like a cool fit. Come on in, we'll see what's what. And so now we're sort of just, like, working through a lot of what, you know, Josh Schwantz. And again, it's one of those things where Josh is such a talented dude. Very. Where he's doing like all kinds of different stuff. And, you know, the again, doing. He's going out and searching for these opportunities and, and looking for, in you know, individuals that can kind of further along the mission that he's on. You know, and that's so cool. And, you know, from our perspective again it was like oh the you know the sort of bird has landed here and so we say okay what do you what are the things you want to get better at and how can we facilitate that and so he said well i need you know i want to learn how to sing better so it was cool man and i had over the many years of you know making mistakes had to learn how to sing better and found people to do that and um had had professional experience singing in different facets and so i said yeah i think you know we can definitely help you out with how that works and get you kind of on your way and it's just been you know he's been a real positive dude and he was actually the one that told me about the podcast and connected us yep yep that's how we got connected Mm -hmm. was through him yep he was i asked him one day i was just like i i go looking for advice and positive influence and positive vibes you know (laughs) and he's definitely just we bounce off each other so well you know it's just like it's always compliments i don't think we've ever had anything bad to say it's it's very constructive the way we interact and there's just one day where i was just like yo i need i need some people to hook up with and find to keep this podcast going because i don't want this podcast to die and stuff like that like i i love what i'm doing now and he just sent me boom, 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 boom. And then the, you were one of them. And I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to send this guy a message. And yeah. And now you're here. Yeah. And now it's here, you know, happening. Awesome. Did you have fun? Yeah. Is this fun? Yeah. I think it's we cool, could, man. It's very cool. been doing this for a, a while now. So we could probably wrap it up. Okay. I mean, I could talk, I could talk to you forever. It, just, <laughs> it seems like you got so much to say. And but we have so little time. And yeah, true. It's, I don't want to take up your whole Sunday. And appreciate it, man. And I'm so, just grateful to be here. I appreciate it. Thank you. I I appreciate you 
drive. That's the hard part with being where I'm at. You know, I'm in the middle of nowhere. It's hard to convince people to come. But when people have, when you see, when people see an opportunity, like you've seen an opportunity, you know, to go and shed some knowledge and to get yourself out there a little bit more. Yeah. People tend to take those opportunities. And that's what I'm looking for is people that want to take opportunities because this is an opportunity. I mean, yeah, I agree. 10 people listen to this. Who cares? That's that's the way I look at it. That's yeah. 10 people that didn't know about Greg and the Avery yeah. studio and didn't know about Wyatt and Josh and the Avery podcast that's going to be coming soon and all that stuff. That's the way I look Absolutely. at it. Is. Yeah, I, I view it the same way. And, and I don't think I would be as adept or as eager had Josh not been such a cool dude and had you not been such a cool dude and so proactive about like making this reality kind of go forward, you know, it wasn't like, Oh, that, that podcast It's like, Hey man, date time. Boom. Let's do this. Let's and do I'm like, this. awesome. That's totally how I operate. Josh was like, do let me connect you with dude. Bam, dude done. And like, so that is like, we're definitely on that similar mindset. Same page. It was very cool. It's so awesome. Much appreciated. All right, where can people find out about the Avery Studio? Like, right. how, how can they find you? Your socials, plug it all socials. in. Socials. Well, we'll start with the website. The theaviarystudio.com is our website. And that just kind of has some pictures and a playlist. Spotify, The Aviary Playlist. Um, on Spotify, you can find us, The Aviary Studio. Um, on Spotify as well. So that is going to give you like a lot of many of the artists that have recorded with us. Yep. Um, et cetera. Uh, socials, Instagram, the aviary studio, Facebook, the aviary studio. It's all kind of succinct. Keep it universal. Yeah. Is that how you say aviary? Aviary. Have I been saying Avery? I think I've been saying I'm Avery. Maybe. Sure, I'm not sure. I don't know. Aviary. 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 It's a fancy bird cage. Folks. Fancy bird. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's all right. Yeah. Everybody look up Greg, look up. Everything he's been doing, try to reach out to him if you need if yeah, you need we, the resources he has. If you find the opportunity, you know, go record in a, a studio or go learn how to learn. sing or learn yeah. how to mix, master. If you need if you yep. need some help, reach out. Absolutely. So absolutely, man. Well, I'm I'm really grateful, and yeah, we will talk about go with the flow on the Avery podcast. Awesome. And we'll get people like listening yeah, to just, that as well. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Awesome. No, just it's just a a connection. A big old, big old connection board. It's a big. Exactly. I like to look at it as like a conspiracy board. You got the red wire. <laughs> oh, run, you got yes. the red string running here, running there. So running, true. And man. it's just, it's gonna look awesome once. It's it's never ending. Excellent. It's, people can make connections with everybody. All right, everybody. Sweet. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking around and hearing what we have to say. And remember, no matter what life throws at you, just take a deep breath, look up, and go with the flow.